0: Swinging through the kingdom in the night. I only see
1: you in the city light. I'm fresh of the fresh. I step out the steps.
0: I'm all running for the flex. Pete told me I was next. I'm coming for next. It really isn't no question. Only super heels in a section. Only big bangers on the set list. On top of buildings where I eat breakfast. Then I shine like a new necklace. I'm ready to go. She calling my phone girl. i
1: Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to another episode of Spoilercast, a THC Offshoot podcast. that aims to inform and educate you on one particular release from within the geek gaming culture universe. On this episode, we're tackling none other than a game that scored eighty-five on Metacritic, Insomniac's PlayStation Five launch title exclusive. We've been talking Spider-Man Miles Morales, and I couldn't do that without a co-pilot. And on tonight's episode, we have none other than Australia's Jono Peck. You can find him on Demp's socials, at Jono himself. How you doing, young man?
0: Pretty good, pretty good. Happy to be back after, I think, our very first spoiler cast a couple of years ago with... Us and Dream talking about the first Spider-Man game. It's, it's cool, full circle here.
1: It's very fitting. Uh, sadly, uh, Salim the Dream is indisposed somewhere, out being some form of uh, semi-supervillain or anti-hero. Maybe <laughs> some kind of vigilante running around the mean streets of Glebe. But oh, uh, we wish you well, Dream.
0: He's chasing guys down in his towel. Oh, probably. yeah. Home home invaders.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, he can throw them, too. He used to do... I always forget. It wasn't jiu Don't think it was Ty was one of the martial arts, like not karate. Maybe maybe Judo. No, not Judo, because that's more throws and grapples. It was like more kicks. Tai Chi. Maybe. Maybe. But either way, like he was he was pretty handy in a fight. Like if um you know, if we we were rumbling and needed to call in a friend to fight for me, he'd be one of the first guy. Maybe not anymore, but back in those days, like ten odd years ago, he'd be one of the first I'd dial up. So uh we wish you well, Dream. But uh that sounds like an eight bit cast. Oh, yeah. To to come. (laughs) Yeah. Who who would you call if you needed someone in your corner for a fight, life or death? Mm. I worry, though, because he probably wouldn't answer. He might be sleeping or something. But anyway. Anyway, I digress. (laughs) We're here to talk about Spider-Man Miles Morales. Obviously, PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 uh, exclusive title was released Mm. on November the 12th. As I said, it was uh, developed by Insomniac and published by Sony directly. Uh, and I guess we could probably jump straight into maybe our general thoughts on the game. So the way we're going to sort of structure it, we've got got a couple of hit points. We'll go through general thoughts. That's going to probably lead us then into sort of story and character development, and then mm-hmm. I'll sort of weave into into sort of the spider suits, uh, collectibles, nitpicks and gripes, and then talk about potential for a sequel. So maybe if yeah. we start uh, just wading into the into the spidey pool here, and and did you want to share your general thoughts and your experiences with uh, Miles Morales?
0: Yeah, so we'll go spoiler free to kick it off with before we move into the the storyline. But yeah, we won't for, do that for starters, to straight away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for starters, I think when this game was announced as uh, kind of like expanded DLC, mm-hmm. more or less, or I, I guess it is a standalone game, but it's not a full experience. There was questions about why it was so expensive. It's basically it's a full price game, mm-hmm. uh, and I have to say after playing it. I I felt like it was worth that full price tag and never really felt like I was getting ripped off with the amount of content there was and the quality of the content. You know, we're always saying that games don't need to be so long. I kind of feel like that playing Valhalla at the moment, but, um, you know, going ahead, if, 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 you know, Sony starts making games, like if, if their big studios are able to make games like this every two years instead of every four or five years, then I'm kind of down for it, you know. It, it could probably have a little bit more to keep people playing it for more than a few days, but just in general, as we're talking general thoughts, I thought it was worth the price of of admission, and I really thought it was a great game. How about you?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think ninety nine percent of the way on that. Like, and and I like that you mentioned Valhalla because these two games came out within two days of one another. Sort of part mm-hmm. of the of the next now current gen uh, wave of of initial titles and where this game's eight to 10 hours and then Valhalla is 80 plus hours uh, yes. for the same price. <laughs> it is very contrasting uh, games in, in that regard alone. And, and I get you like, cause it is, it is a very focused, very condensed game, you know, and, and obviously it's, it's not without its 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 peers and comparisons regarding say uncharted the lost legacy which is a mm-hmm. more a more sort of pocket uh, sampling of of the uncharted world it was still a complete game but yeah it was more of a dlc pack times two almost so so mm-hmm. maybe maybe $100 plus is a little bit rich for some people's blood uh and i get that but i didn't i didn't sort of when i finished the the story and put the controller down i didn't feel like i was cheated like, uh, I yeah. like I felt got, like I got my fill, I got a great story, I got a good payoff, uh, I got some emotional investment in this title and these characters. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. Like we, we both did buy yeah. copies of this game. So this isn't a, a paid uh, review or spoiler cast on behalf of Sony. This is straight from our wallet, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, straight from the horse's mouth as far as our uh, opinions today. And, and yeah, like I don't feel like I was gypped any form of, <laughs> any form of dollar value after the purchase. Mm, Yeah.
0: And I guess as far as the game itself goes, it's obviously a lot shorter than the original Spider-Man 2018, but I felt like there was a few areas where they, I guess, listened to feedback and improved things. So combat felt a bit tighter. They added a few more abilities that you can throw in there with the electric moves with the venom Venom abilities yeah i I found really confusing when i was like first playing the game and i i went to the menu for some reason and i saw that it said like venom attacks and in the button map layouts map outs or whatever it's called and i was like is that a spoiler like are they telling me that the venom suit is in this game they're going straight
1: to symbiote abilities it's crazy i
0: was like that's kind of weird, but then yeah, it just turned out old Genki came up with a name that was is kind of already used in that universe, so a little bit confusing with that. But um, yeah, I, I thought that adding those abilities added a lot to to the to the combat, which could get kind of repetitive in the first Spider-Man game. Uh, they also with Miles Morales's different powers added that improved stealth mechanic, where you could go invisible and hoon around with with that like invisibility with your camouflage your
1: active camo on yeah
0: yeah and and kind of pick and choose when to use that and uh i I felt like that added a a cool dynamic to the stealth areas but yeah it's just generally i felt like the shorter time frame meant the story was a lot more focused it was easy to you know every detail kind of matters a bit more in that instance so you don't have any B plots or C plots that you're forgetting about. Everything's like fresh in your memory as you're playing through. And I I felt like, even though apparently you can finish the main story in three hours, it it never felt short to me because I think they did such a good job of wrapping up the side missions and the kind of the neighborhood stuff into feeling like it's part of the same like direction, like part of the same story. And I, I thought that worked really well.
1: Yeah, I I agree. the the friendly neighborhood app that was developed by uh, your protege Genki, he he's a genius. Like they're they're like seventeen year old kids and they're making these pretty fantastic science experiments. Then he's got this app and he can just hack into government databases at a whim. Mm. And you know he's a very very smart young man, old Ganky Lee. But yeah, that a bit app. Bit too smart. Yeah. yeah like it synergized <laughs> yeah. really well with with the main story. Like I'm with you. Like it didn't feel. Like a chore when you did have you know a new notification and you and you whip out your smartphone and you you check it on the app and you see mm. there's a yeah there's sort of a side quest you can do over there and I'd i naturally sort of um, every every other you know main story mission I then jump in and do a couple of neighbourhood side quests and just pick the naturally the ones that are closest to you because it's yeah. you know the easiest way to to get her done but I liked it and I liked the characters you meet along the way and there was a good amount of variety. Uh, as far as what you're doing, whether it be, you know, tracking down stolen toys, whether it be saving a, a windscreen wiper guy that's trapped on the side of a skyscraper, <laughs> uh, stolen cars, you know, yeah. you you name it. Like there's a whole heap of typical petty petty theft and petty crime that Spider-Man is just known for cutting his teeth on. So uh, yeah. it was really really nice, and it weaved in. And obviously, uh, you do get a nod to to other people through those which we'll talk about i guess later or maybe we could mention it now because it doesn't really go much into the story it's just a nod to to prior spider-man with kingpin you get a little interaction with him mm-hmm. from his uh, high security prison cell don't know how he's got a, a computer or a smartphone in his cell but i guess he's the kingpin so he's yeah he's the king yeah he's he's got his fingers <laughs> in many many pies but yeah i really liked it like the the story cracked along at a good pace it got rid of a lot of the painful stuff from Spider-Man 2018. Mm-hmm. Like, it did away with you know you're not playing as as Mary Jane or Thankfully, you, yeah, yeah you don't have to jump into ganky's shoes and and stealth your way around a place or anything like that. It's just you're Miles Morales, <laughs> you're you know young up and coming, one year into the game, Spider-Man or Spider-Man's protege, and you're just finding your way in your world and. and Worried about your community and your family and your circle of friends and the people around Harlem. Like, I like that it's so concentrated and it's got so much heart around these characters and the adoration you have and they have for you. Like Miles, he's got the same struggles that Peter Parker always has. You know, he's he's late to things all the time and he's constantly mm-hmm. missing appointments and, and trying to, you know, pivot and store for time because he can't make uh make a dinner or whatever. Like you can see he's got all this these teenage Teenage dramas and issues that everyone has, but then obviously you dial up the fact that he's trying to save this this borough and these people or whatever else. It's really nice and it's really touching. Yeah, and on that
0: note as well, I thought because of the smaller, you know, game size, I thought it was physically gonna be a smaller game where you were only in In Harlem. In Harlem, and I thought that was how they would get around reusing the city, but lo and behold, it's the whole whole map from the first spider-man and that's really important i think that they kept that scale uh, because you know it's it wouldn't be the same just swinging around a a smaller (laughs) takes you 10 seconds to
1: get from one end island to the next
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) on the topic of
1: of traversal though and and i know we've been talking about that is a shorter game i wonder if we didn't have these solid state drive load times and getting all the funky uh subway system interactions going from you know fast travel to fast travel how much more time that would add to the experience i reckon easy another 15 20 minutes right
0: yeah yeah definitely and also something that i noticed as the game was like coming out and people were showing the difference between you know the the ps4 version and this is going into the the enemy bases like Mm -hmm. there's there's warehouses and there's uh, the, the underground the, labs and things like yeah that. The under, yeah exactly like those were absolutely thirty to sixty second load times in the in the first game maybe not sixty second there were long load times in the first game but in this one it was just integrated it was just in and out like it's just part of the open world Super which is smooth. awesome yeah yeah it it really um, and and you know we can talk a bit about the way that it's optimized for PS5 but it really makes it so much more playable being able to zip around fast travel not worry about loading into cutscenes or wh- whatever it might be because it's just it's just smooth it's spider-man and you want it to it's a it's a quick-paced game you want it to be smooth and the the way that the playstation works is kind of
1: part of that too 100 percent, and um it doesn't feel like it's just original spider-man but with le- like a, a different skin on it like they haven't mm-hmm. just reskinned it like they've given as we mentioned like miles has got unique abilities with his with his venom attacks with his camouflage uh even just when you are web slinging around the city and you can hold in square and and, you know tilt the stick in certain different ways to do crazy stunts and get little combo points and just sort of have this Mm. you have just got this kind of cool swagger about you you're like this young teenage kid just you know as he as i mentioned finding his way an hour in after uh, a year in sorry after getting getting bitten by a spider. Way back when, at the it's sort of the tail end of um, 2018's version of the game, and it's just cool just seeing this young man, I guess, get more confident in his in his self and in his abilities, and just start to feel like he owns that mantle. You know, he gets the cow and everything yeah. before Spider Man. You know, Peter Parker buggers off on a trip to—is it Europe? He goes to Paris or something. I can't remember uh, where he goes. So,
0: some some made up country. I, I felt like it was somewhere in Africa or something. Yeah, so he's
1: he's off on a, on Next a trip and doing whatever it is for like a month, and so yeah, Miles is just finding his way, and it's nice to see him become more of a Spider Man, I guess, instead of a yes. Spider Boy, and uh, as you mentioned uh, on the optimization. The graphics in this is phenomenal like when you are slinging around new york Mm. and you're watching a sunrise or a sunset and the the ray tracing and everything really kicks in and you're seeing these light rays and and particle effects and the reflections off these uh massive skyscrapers and even just the reflection into like off your suit and things like that it is such a gorgeous game like you've got options to go fidelity mode or performance mode so fidelity you're going to get a crisper appearance but it's it's capped at a lower frame rate where performance made, you're going to get a, a nice beefy frame rate increase. Um, I played 99% in fidelity mode, but I think you were the opposite, weren't you? Yeah, I
0: started off in you know wanting, wanting to see the 4K and the ray tracing and what that's all about. And I was actually chatting with Jared Trail uh, and he was like, definitely try the 60 frames because I've always said like, I, I can't tell how many frames a game is. Like I don't notice when it dips unless it's really bad. he said just try it and as soon as i did i was like yeah i'm playing like this for the rest Mm -hmm. of the game because it was so much smoother and like there's so much movement in this game and so much motion and um you know velocity as you're like flying around that i felt like that gave me more of a sense of of feeling like next gen than the the 4k and the ray tracing because I, i wasn't stopping to take it in as much as I probably needed to, like mm-hmm. you know, you see the screen, the the still shots, and it's like, look at this reflection off the side of the car or off the window. But I'm just zipping around, and yeah. not, I wasn't really noticing it. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that it probably pays off when you get to the cutscenes and the areas that you like, you know, you're walking around the apartment or whatever. Definitely would be noticing it more with that. But um, yeah, I, I think that the, the 60 frames works so well with this game.
1: 100% yeah it's you, you can't go wrong with either option it just depends yeah. I guess on what you're looking more more towards is the the lighting and those intricacies with the the resolution bump or the frame rate bump like I think it's you, you're going to be very happy playing this game either way one other thing I want to touch on the general thoughts uh is just the the subtle uses of the DualSense controller. Like mm, holding yeah. in holding in a, a um a button or one of the triggers as you charge up a venom attack and you can start to feel it vibrating and pulsing more on your hands as it charges. I thought that was really cool. Um I thought when when you're getting notifications on your smartphone, it pulses only from the right hand side of the controller because it's in the right hand like right pocket. Yeah, yeah. So just little things like that, utilizing the mic, uh the speaker in the in the controller, uh the the light bars change with, with things going on as well. Like I thought It's nowhere near as i guess what we know that controller can do but i like that they have embraced some of that tech and uh adding to adding to the game experience
0: yeah for sure i think swinging around and every time you shoot a web you kind of feel that resistance on the on the right trigger it's something that you get used to so much that Mm. you kind of stop to notice that it's there but then when you actually stop and think about it you're like oh they are actually using the haptic feedback here and it it feels like it's, it's meant to. And, you know, it's easy to look at it and say that they haven't used the controller the way that say Astro bot or Astro's playroom does, which, yeah, you know, you, you probably wouldn't want it to be used to that extent in a game like this because it could be a bit distracting. But I, I think that, you know, for a team like Insomniac, that's, you know, got this game out so quickly, really, it's only been a couple of years and it's, it's a, decent chunk of a game. And I assume that they're also at the same time working on whatever's coming next from Mm Spider-Man. Not to mention there was like already probably five to 10 hours of DLC released in 2019. They probably didn't have a whole lot of time to be sitting around figuring out, okay, how are we going to make this controller pop when when the game launches?
1: Especially because if this was just wholly and solely a PS5 release, I think we would have seen more DualSense interaction, but because they had to build this to work on PlayStation 4 as well, they probably wanted to lessen, yeah, the the amount of interactivity and immersion that the controller is going to give you because then you have to have two separate builds and yeah, for you know, sure. deal with that kind yeah. of nonsense. But the game's great. Uh, the soundtrack is really cool. Uh, yeah, this game, in a lot of ways, especially with one of the suits and then one of the um, you know plugins that you can have on your suits, it feels very much like the video game version of Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, and the fact that you can then play into the Spider-Verse with the suits and then just the, the 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 art style change and sort of slowing down the frame slightly and getting the the combat animation sounds and stuff mm-hmm. embedded in your game too. Uh, so anyone that's watched that film and anyone that hasn't, go watch it straight after you finish listening to this podcast because <laughs> it's one of the best superhero films of all time in my opinion. I adore that mm. film so much and, and if you can get a copy on 4K Blu-ray do it because it is a feast for the senses. But
0: yeah, there's definitely a lot of love that's gone into the game as with the, the, you know, the previous game with the the suits that are in the, we'll get to later, but, you know, there's just a lot of homage and reference to, to the movies that are so important to the character of Spider-Man and the way that people have built, you know, a relationship with him over the years. So it's cool to see that with a character that has less, uh, probably, um, less goodwill I think capitalizing on how popular spider verse into the spider verse was, was Mm -hmm. really important. And like, it feels like, you know, where Peter Parker, like the Yuri Lowenthal, Peter Parker is, you can say it's like a different Peter Parker to obviously Tobey Maguire. It's like kind of night and day in some ways, but this almost feels like it's just like the spider verse version of Miles Morales. Like there's not a huge jump to, to go, it's, he's, he's pretty much the same age. It's, Played in the same kind of way. Yeah. He's not. He's at the same point in his life. It's it's um it it's really easy and natural to watch that movie and then play this game.
1: Most definitely, and Najee Jeter, who plays Miles in, in in the game, is phenomenal in the role. He is. He's got a lot mm-hmm. of heart, a lot of vulnerability, a lot of honesty. Uh, he's he's just a very believable kid, and uh, yeah. the, the writing in this game is very believable, and it wears its heart on its sleeve, which I like anything else we want to maybe touch on in general thoughts like i liked the the enemy diversity we'll talk more about that i guess with with some Mm -hmm. more combat discussion you've only really got three different types of enemies really you've got your general petty petty thugs you've got your your rocks on heavy hitters and then you've got your Mm -hmm. uh your underground uh offshoots so you've got your three archetypes there and then they've got different uh you know different calibers of those where they're general grunts then there's some that you need to use different abilities to get a shield off them or uh Mm -hmm. use a certain venom attack to to make them vulnerable to other types of attacks so there's a there's a good amount of variety in the combat
0: for the length of the game it's enough if it was like a 20 hour game you'd probably get pretty sick Mm -hmm. of seeing those characters and they would they would need to mix up a bit more um, but yeah, as you said, we'll probably get into that more. I think, as far as general thoughts, you've mentioned it's not just a reskin of, of the other Spider Man, but in, in saying that the things that are reskinned, like obviously you've mentioned the hip the hop style throughout the game makes it feel different. The different suits are, are just very, like, there's no confusing which Spider Man we're playing as mm-hmm. here. And the the style and flair of Miles Morales as a character, the way that he flips through the air, the different animations they've given him, and you know the, the fact that like if you press Square while you're running around on the ground, he like busts a move instead of, um, I don't know what what Peter Parker does, but it, it's just yeah, it, it is it it they really went to the to the small things to make it feel different as well as look different.
1: Yeah, no, I agree one hundred percent. So. I guess maybe we could start moving into more of the story and the character and uh, mm-hmm. or the characters I should say and 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 how that all welds into this this Miles Morales universe. I guess in a nutshell, before we go full spoilers with story, you know the big bad. You've got the Tinkerer, which which was alluded to in in the trailers as far as your main nemesis in the game, Tinkerer, who is sort of the head of the underground, which is the the eight-bit purple uh, underground sort of riot <laughs> squad uh, that are very sort of tech savvy and very new age. They look they they wouldn't look out of place in Cyberpunk, uh, this sort of outfit. Or Watch Dogs 2. Or Watch Dogs 2, most definitely, or Watchdogs <laughs> Legion as well. Just chuck them in yeah. everywhere. But uh you've got them and yeah, and then on, which are sort of the you could say the corporate military type that are, uh, mm. Simon Krieger's uh, goon squad really. Uh, done admirably by Troy Baker, I must say. I think he did fantastic yeah. as, was as Simon Krieger. Uh, and outside of that, uh, you, you encounter Rhino, uh, which you would have dealt with if you have played the original Spider-Man or if you've watched one of the many Spider-Man movies and seen all the, the iterations of, of Rhino. And and he's, he's back in this game. Uh, but outside of that, anything you want to talk about story-wise before we maybe just start taking the shackles off and and diving into spoilers as we see fit uh
0: no i think the relationships with miles are really key like they're just so important to the story in this game and we can talk more about the specifics of that as we get into the spoilers but i guess if we haven't gone into it yet i'll just say if you if you like any spider-man movies and you're not sure like you should, you wouldn't need too much convincing, but you should play this game, I think. And if it's yeah. if you think 90 dollars or whatever it is is too much, then maybe just wait because it will come down in price. But it's definitely worth your time. And if you if you do really love it, there's I think maybe twelve hours if you do everything in the game. Like I'm I need to well actually it's probably fifteen to twenty because you have to play it twice with new game plus to get all the suits mm-hmm. and to get all the abilities and. The trophies if you want to platinum it so you know it's it's not as beefy and meaty as the uh the, the first game but it's um uh, maybe it's more of a, a quality steak where you know you enjoy every bite
1: yeah it's it's like a uh it's like a an i feel it as opposed to a big tomahawk like i'm i'm an right. i feel it guy i love the the more petite steak that's tender and that's going to melt in my mouth and i guess yeah that's that's a good way to describe this game like and, and as you mentioned 20 hours total runtime if you are a completionist i think that's fair for a mm-hmm. for a hundred dollars i've spent a lot more on a lot less in life yeah. that's for damn sure so yeah, yeah. yeah i'm 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 loving this game it's one of the contenders as far as one of the best games of the year like i it's not my game of the year but i think it deserves to be in the consideration like you're already seeing it popping up on a on a few people's lists and things for their end of year award nominees. And and yeah, I think it certainly deserves its place there based off the the performances from the actors, the writing, the combat. Graphically, it is one of the best games I've seen all year. And mm. I really like the story. I like the payoff. Uh, it made me feel things. If I can play a game and get emotional, uh, happy, yeah. sad, or anything in between, it's always a winner. And, and I felt a lot of that right from the jump all the way through, like right from... Loaded before the game even loaded up, and you're on that subway, and you feel the du-dunk, 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 as the subway is going yeah. along the tracks, and you feel that pulse through the Sense. I was like, "Oh, okay, yep." And that was my very first experience with the PlayStation Five and the sense So I was like, "Oh, okay, yep. The future is now, and I'm very excited. <laughs> and let's go." So uh, yeah, yeah, I love this game. So yeah, check it out if if you got some cash and you can afford that, you know, hundred dollar outlay for it. Whether you're playing on the PlayStation 4, you'll still get a great experience on there. But if you are a next-gen or current-gen person now and you didn't pick up Miles Morales, I don't know what you're doing, for one, if you didn't pick it up on launch because there wasn't a huge amount of games. But (laughs) go get a copy or demand someone get a copy for you for Christmas because it's a great stocking stuffer. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, story. uh, Full warning, listeners. We are 28 minutes in and the spoilers may or may not start flying now. So just hold the phone if you're concerned about things getting spoiled for you. Jono, did you want to lead us off on story and maybe your thoughts or anything you wanted to discuss?
0: Yeah, I guess the the biggest thing, like the biggest thread running through the story is Miles' relationship with two people who are close to him and they're kind of on the wrong side of the law in Tinkerer and the Prowler. Mm-hmm. Great, great original names there, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> You've got, like, he's. we know from even watching Into the Spider-Verse, his uncle has this association with, you know, people in, in the crime world as the prowler. He's kind of playing both sides, you know, where, you know, you look at him and you think he's a good guy. He's got a good heart, you know, he obviously cares for Miles, but then he's kind of, you know, being caught up with the wrong crowd or whatever it might be. So I like that right off the bat. You've got that association with a character that we know and that tension of, of knowing that... Uh, that he's probably involved in some nefarious stuff, even though it's it doesn't really become obvious until probably halfway through the story. Yeah, I thought and he then, was done. I thought he was done. Yeah.
1: Like he's just you know he's just working for the train yard company. Yeah, he just
0: he's, he's turned a leaf.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's just just a, a blue collar man again, just uh, earning his dollars the good old fashioned way. But mm. no, nah, there's the prowler in his purple yeah. and green suit,
0: and and also like the way that he just recognizes miles like instantly he's like ah it's miles yeah (laughs) like as spider-man he's like i I know who you are like i I, that was kind of a nice twist because i thought they were going to go down you know the typical route of you know waiting until the end of the game to reveal it or something like like they did with dr octopus in the first game um and then you had a similar kind of thing with with the tinkerer and sorry what was her name Finn, finn mason yeah finn right yeah so being like his close friend from childhood like it's it's kind of an overdone thing in a lot of these superhero games where you think about like Spider-Man every supervillain that he fights just about in at least in the cinematic movies is like one of his good friends yeah with like the green goblin with um you know yeah with Harry Osborn uh, and things like that yeah and and Doctor Octopus being his mentor mm-hmm. and and Dr. Connors being someone that he knows from science world. So it's kind of overdone. But at the same time, I felt felt like they handled it really well in the sense that they didn't wait too long for the reveal of, oh, like the the bad guy's actually my friend. Like that was almost as soon as you saw that yeah. character, he figured it out or whatever. And then he revealed it to her kind of halfway through the movie. So you didn't have to have that like, oh, is he gonna is she going to find out? Is she not going to find out? So then that introduced this immediate tension of we both love each other, but we're on different sides of the coin here. And is one of us going to be able to convince the other person that what we're doing is right? And so that became kind of the, the new tension and the new conflict of trying to to stop this person from going too far. So I think that, that both with the Tinkerer and the Prowler made it interesting. I think that even though it's something that we've seen before, they handled it in a way that felt felt really good to me at least.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And um, the Prowler stuff, because he was swerving a lot and you thought he was done, and then you find out that the Prowler ends up selling the Tinker and and Spider-Man off to Roxxon and everything like mm. that, but you know, makes it makes a deal behind the deal that doesn't doesn't go into fruition and what have you. Yeah. Like yeah, I, I liked that. They didn't slow burn this thing anymore for both of them. I loved that his uncle knew it was him straight away because you're seeing a like it's a standard superhero trope. It's like no one can never know their identity, even though most of them don't use voice changes. You know, yeah. they've got the same same physique as as the person that this loved one would see every single day. You know, and they'd know that yeah. they'd know <laughs> that vocal delivery. But you know, Clark Kent in his glasses and you know, Spider Man, yeah, he's in a suit. But you know, if you walked up to me. And you talk to me in a in a in a Spider Man suit. I'd know it was you. You know what yeah, I mean? But I was thinking that. Like it's it's just so I like that they didn't do any of that kind of nonsense. It was just yeah. You, I know I know the way you move. I remember you as a wily kid on the basketball court. You know, same moves. You yeah. you my you my nephew. Like, and then and then seeing the this the internal struggle that Miles had when he realised that Finn was the Tinkerer and mm. and and like using Ganke as his moral compass what do i do do i say this how do i deal with it blah 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 and he you know he he double agents for a hot minute and joins the underground with yeah. with with finn to to try and work out what they're doing and then ultimately yeah he has to tell tell finn slash the tinkerer that that he's miles Mor- like miles morales is spider-man and she struggles with it for about twelve seconds, but then she's like, "No, I'm going to kill you!" Like she, she's <laughs> just leaves him in the trash so quickly. Like, and I guess she's focused on this end goal and taking down Krieger and and, and you know his Roxxon Enterprise because New Form is evil and and it killed her brother. Brother.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think her brother slash father. Yeah,
1: slash scientific genius mentor of both Miles and Finn. Hmm. So, so she's got a, an axe to grind and, and some emotional trauma she's trying to deal to Roxxon for, for doing that to, to this important person in her life and ruining her life really and putting her on this path of revenge. But yeah, I liked it. I liked the, the payoff with, with those characters, but I also liked the little things like seeing Miles and even when he's in, in his Spider-Man outfit dealing with the people around Harlem. Uh, you know, the, Mm -hmm. the interactions he has, I can't remember the, the, the female's name, but the, uh, the, the deaf artist and having like little sign language scenarios and then her giving Spider-Man afterwards, her ear warmers and scarf and beanie, like such a beautiful little moment. I was smiling ear to ear seeing this kind of stuff play out. And, And even just, just a little thing, like I wanted to give some love to Insomniac, like that's one of the few times I can remember seeing sign language in any video game I've played in, Jesus, in ten years, maybe, maybe more.
0: Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I, I had that as a as a note to talk about later, just with the different representation we saw throughout the game. But yeah, having a, a hearing impaired character, Hayley was her name. Haley. Yeah. She was. Yeah, she was so cute and so sweet, and no dialogue, obviously. She didn't need it to get that across. No. And I felt like that that was such a credit to Insomniac's animators and to, um, I guess, the, the way that they had Miles signing back to her, doing, like, ALS sign language, and um, I think that's what it's called. Anyway, th- that was such a, a great little surprise. Like, the, from the first time I saw her in the game at the street parade, I thought, oh, that's a nice little thing to, for them to just throw in there. Yeah as they did. And then she just comes back and it becomes a semi love interest or at least a a friend of of Miles. And that's such a cool thing. I don't know if she's a character from the comics or if they've just invented her, but really cool and really well animated because, yeah, cute as a button, I'd say, uh, that character and and their relationship as well as, you know, uh, two people who grew up from the same neighborhood, presumably, or live in the same neighborhood at least and have have more in common than you might think. Mm-hmm. I
1: think. Yeah. Anything else you want to want to throw while the while the floor is yours?
0: Um. Sure. Like I think we were talking about uh, the yeah. So we, I, we should probably talk about Simon Krieger, the Troy Baker character. He's kind of the big bad of the story. Yeah. Like he's really the most flat out evil character in the game. But I kind of liked that it was almost a red herring where he was just kind of facilitating the real, like the, the villain of the story is the tinkerer because that's who you have to stop and fight. And he's just kind of there to facilitate it. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got all the resources there. He's the, the power that has to be stopped. He's like the, you know, if he wasn't, if his evil wasn't there, then there'd be no problem, but they found a way to go and kind of circumnavigate him. So you don't have to have some kind of like boss fight with this, Nerd scientist that would crumble in one punch, and I like that. And I like that it's kind of the uh, you know, that kind of Lex Luthor in that character where they're pulling the strings and they have other people do the fighting for them. And you really want to see him brought to justice, but at, at the same time, it is your friend who is taking things too far. And I just love that how you know her plot is to take him down and to destroy his facility, and he's just like, oh, "I'll just take the insurance money." Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> was he, he was great. A great little twist.
1: And and I'm I'm very big on that in in film in games. Like not every big bad or supervillain needs to have all the martial arts skills under the sun and be this imposing muscle laden person that's going to beat you to mm. a pulp. I like when you just see these bad people that just because they're so resource laden and got deep pockets and all the connections, you know, as you said, yeah, they don't have to get their hands dirty. It's like, well, we we, we got Rhino, like Rhino got busted out right in the, the opening credits and, and we were going to take him away to the secure facility, but joke's on you. We actually took him back to Roxxon and gave him this enhanced venom resistant armor and whatever else. <laughs> so suffer. And then, yeah. yeah, you're fighting fighting Rhino like as, as Krieger's proxy, which which I thought was really cool that's that's something i'll probably talk about a little bit later in in the nitpicks and gripes regarding regarding those big bads and what have you but um yeah, yeah overall um storyline and and direct like indirectly attached the storyline you've got your skill tree you've got your your three sort of main offshoots of that with combat venom and camouflage mm-hmm. abilities you can upgrade and then if you want to get some other uh, boosts and benefits in the game, there's challenge skills that you can do, which is your combat, your traversal and your stealth. And so Peter Parker's conveniently placed, I don't know, a dozen computers and screens and things around New York. Like, I don't know how none of this stuff gets stolen, but it's all there and you just pop onto these random buildings and, and uh random locales around new york and and do a couple of little little mini mini events and trials to to get some upgrades and, and i'd really recommend people do a couple of those at least getting the first one or two for combat and traversal i didn't do the stealth ones yet to be completely honest but i've finished the combat and the traversal ones because there's abilities in there that are really help your play style yeah. and, and make uh fighting enemies and things a lot a lot easier but uh Yeah, I I love the characters. Like, it's a more intimate grouping of characters. Uh, You know, Miles' mother's there. You're still dealing with the fallout after, after your father got blown away in in Spider-Man: The 2018 video game release. Mm. Uh, You've got a a nice intimate group of friends. I like the bad. I like that the Tinkerer is, yeah, the big bad, but at the same time, she's got heart, and you still do care about this character, and you want her to come good. And yeah, for sure. I guess maybe we could talk about that that sort of her arc that she has in the game and, and how how it ends up. What do you think?
0: Yeah, she kind of goes a bit crazy, there, doesn't she? But um yeah, I, I think that that's the, they're the best kinds of, of characters, I think, like the best kinds of villains where it is like you kill Monger in Black Panther or you know the, the type of villain that you kind they of you can Steven, see with, you know. <laughs> Sorry,
1: he's Thanos is doing what's good for the entire universe. Yeah, ultimately.
0: (laughs) Yeah, where where you can see where they're coming from and you can understand why they're upset, and you might not agree with what they're trying to do, but you can see what's motivated it. And you know, if you could just like look at it from this perspective, maybe we can get a resolution. And um, that you know, obviously, wouldn't be a very fun game if you could just talk down the the big the villain. Mm -hmm. But um, as far as like relating to to miles and, and seeing his friend go through this transformation. You, you can really feel that pain that he's going through and you're getting these great flashbacks of times where they have, you know, hung out as kids or like they're going through the museum with their science experiment and you're seeing them interact with each other before everything happened. And you're seeing, uh, I guess the relationship that they had with her brother, that's gone and why that would also affect, Miles, yeah, because he didn't he didn't know that anything had happened to this guy until he started investigating. Yeah, when he saw the video
1: clip, like because when they first bumped into each Mm -hmm. other, he asked how he was going. You know, he's still off working and whatever. And yeah, Yeah. Finn just downplayed it and ignored it. So yeah, I like that. I really like that. And um, yeah, her. I I guess the the game it, it ends very quickly. I felt like it felt like there was this build up, build up, build up, and then you get to the last mission. And the game sort of tells you, like, this is the last mission. Are you sure you're ready yeah. to embark on this on this? Like I'm completely paraphrasing here, but you are you ready to, you know, to to try and fight this bad and, and end the game in all essence. So uh that took me by surprise that it happened very quickly. Uh, I like that, yeah, you do go to where one of your fondest memories are with Miles and Finn, where you are at this mm-hmm. this museum where I guess you first your brilliance and your genius got acknowledged and put on the map where you had it on display there.
0: Really cool part of that as well, where Doc Ock and, yeah, Peter, and Peter Parker Peter and walk past. I was like, hey, yeah. I want to follow him see where he goes. Yeah, that was
1: a great little nod. And <laughs> listening to their sort of uh, internal discussions and monologues they're having, looking at these exhibits and stuff, I thought was really mm. cool. Um, yeah. I thought though, the the final battle against Finn slash the Tinkerer it was a little ho-hum, you know, you're sort of just fighting fighting her in three different stages where she's using the same sort of sets of abilities and it's just dodge, dodge, slow time, punch, 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 dodge, dodge, slow... Like, it was very repetitive and it's, it's something we'll probably talk about more um, in maybe our nitpicks and gripes, but I was left wanting more with that battle, but the end result where... Uh, this big new form uh, thing that's embedded in the ground that that Roxxon was dealing with. Her, like Finn slash the Tinkerer, her mindset was, I'm going to blow this thing up. I've calculated it's only going to take out this small mm. block of block of land. It's all going to be fine. going to blow it up. And then they can't make any more because Simon Krieger doesn't have the smarts to develop this stuff like my brother did. So yes, you're so laser focused on that being the goal to just blow up this final Uh, Piece of new form, but then seeing some of the more research, like the more research that Miles did, he realized that she's underestimated this and it's actually going to blow up all of Harlem. And he's trying to tell her this, and she's like, No, you're full of crap. No, no, I've done it. I've run the numbers. And then she sets this thing to detonate, and then she starts realizing that, uh oh, I have buggered this up and I'm going to kill and injure a lot of people here. Help me. What can I do? And just this big redemption where she flies uh, like, really cool moment where Miles takes this charge in because he's got these like electro powers that he can absorb electricity. He absorbs the the new form blast into himself, but he can only hold it for a certain amount of time and she flies him up into the atmosphere and he blows like he he goes nuclear pretty much. Apparently, she's just disintegrated to ash and then he falls. Yeah. I don't know how he survives that fall because he falls from a long way, hits the oh, ground. Yeah. <laughs> he's still Okay. But yeah, she pretty much kills herself to save Miles as well as everyone in Harlem. So I thought it was a nice redemption story and she realized her wrongdoing at that pivotal moment, said, yep, you know what? These people mean more to me than than my vengeance right now. What are we going to do?
0: Yeah, I feel like it's a, it's a ending that's been done somewhere and I'm, I can't remember exactly where, but it's the whole like, oh, I realize I've, I'm the bad guy and... If I, even if I survive this, I'm going to prison. So I might as well sacrifice yeah. myself. Now, I'm sure it's been done elsewhere before in that in that same kind of gesture, but um yeah, it it, it was powerful. I thought, and you know, knowing that uh, you know Miles' mum, who now knows that he's Spider Man and everything, is watching, and she's like worried about him, and people are trying to, you know, <laughs> they land and. People are trying to like the reporters come in to see who my Mar- like. Did you see his face? Yeah. Like, and then like the you know the the community that you've built over this game through helping people and you know they're saying he's our Spider Man. Yeah. Like they're, they're they're feeling that really neighborhood strong connection to him in Harlem and and they are the ones that protect him. I think that was really cool and um it's it's probably a good point to talk about like the representation in this game. You mentioned the hearing impaired character, which was. Was great, but they also have um, so much love here for not only like the African American community in, in New York with like the Black Lives Matter mural as an example, mm-hmm. um, and just the fact that Miles is half black and, and seeing that in this game, but being um, Puerto Rican or half Puerto Rican is a huge part of, of like obviously his mom's culture and. The, the neighborhood that you walk through and the flags and seeing like the, the kind of decorations around the house and hearing her switch from English to, to Spanish. I think that's a really cool thing that you don't see in a game. And like listening to, to Sacred Symbols this week and hearing um, Chris Reagan, who's like Puerto Rican, talk about that as well. Never, like he he's said, like, I've heard people speak Spanish. You hear Mexicans in games all the time. Whether it's like, you know, your Red Dead or like Uncharted where they're heading off to Argentina or whatever to to look for like, you know, El Dorado or something. But you you never see that specific culture Mm -hmm. represented, which is a really cool inclusion in a game like this and such a big part of who Miles Morales is.
1: Yeah, it did really well in that regard. And I've actually got that episode downloaded of Sacred Symbols and I wanted to to get their thoughts. So I'm keen to to give that a spin uh soon but yeah i really liked that there there was a lot of a lot of members of society and and areas uh or communities i should say that yeah don't get a lot of acknowledgement in games and especially mainstream triple a games like yeah exactly you do see a bit of that representation popping into a lot more indies because i guess they've got a lot more freedom of choice to -hmm. tell the stories they want but for the most part, you know, the the quote unquote corporate fat cats are I guess pretty much on rails as far as your main yeah. your main protagonist has to be a Caucasian male or Caucasian female. you know they don't really veer from those paths too heavily. So it's it's nice to see uh, those those communities get portrayed in this way and also get the respect and adoration that they deserve as
0: well. And to be done in, in such a great way yeah. as well, like like even like like we're we're not minorities over here, we're we're white people. But if if an Australian was like the the lead in a Marvel game, like an Insomniac game, we'd be pretty excited about that. Especially if they nailed what it means to be Australian, yeah, Australian culture. Like it's it's sounds ridiculous saying it because it's never gonna happen probably. Well, we
1: got a uh, Captain Boomerang in Suicide Squad coming up, <laughs> <laughs> and. And do you think they're going to nail it? <laughs> they're going to nail a lot of our uh, our bogan slang and things, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, like I, I think I think Insomniac certainly took the time to to tell these stories and, and showcase these cultures and communities in a way that is yeah. very respectful and very endearing and very caring to those those communities and, and and those nationalities and races because it's hmm. it was awesome to see and just a little part like where you're setting up for the um like the Christmas dinner and you 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 flicking through your father's records and you're yeah. seeing all these records it, it's not just you know it's not Mariah Carey's Christmas album or the Bee Gees <laughs> it's it's these these songs that are from uh you know uh yeah uh, Portuguese uh you know people that are famous in that industry and that musical area so i really dug that and yeah i just love the heart this game had like mm. right from the jump right to the closing credits like it is just so full of heart and emotion and the fact i was feeling stuff the entirety of the way through even doing random side quests and and doing you know some of the friendly neighborhood app stuff like every character i met i'm like you know like I've had a good interaction here. Like I care about what you're saying or what you're doing or what I'm doing. I wasn't just sort of web-slinging around for the sake of it. I felt like everything Mm. I did had a purpose and that says a lot about what Insomniac have done here.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of those, even though they're little neighborhood side missions, a lot of those people, it's like they're down on their luck or they're like, you know, blue-collar workers and they're working through, you know, a really tough city to to survive in 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 some ways and you, you feel that connection i think you feel like that not not the struggle but you you feel like you appreciate the grind that the hustle that everyone's working on to to just get by and and miles is is part of that too
1: 100 percent, and um i guess that could sort of segue nicely into maybe some discussion on the spider suits because there is a there is a quest where you are trying to uh get the the friendly bodega owner's cat back that uh Mm. has gone walkabouts the cat is is aptly named spider-man and uh, if you go back to that bodega after you finish the game, you get uh, the bodega cat suit, which is yeah. <laughs> got the cat in the backpack as you're slinging around New York with a with a uh, <laughs> with a ginger cat on your back. I think, which cool. is very adorable. So you've got nineteen different suits in the game. Some are only available once you finish the game and do a new game plus. But uh, what were some of your favorites uh, from a suit perspective, and also maybe some of the mods? Did you sort of mm. veer off and change the mods up much? I, I was pretty much no. locked to like um, the mods where it was uh, a larger perfect dodge window and then after a perfect dodge you do, I think it was like 40% more damage on attacks after it. So they just synergized really well and I used them the entire way through. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't change them up much at all. I, I remember, like I guess we should say that the big difference between this and the first Spider-Man game was the suits... Don't have these special abilities tied to them, whereas yeah, bef- like in, in Spider Man, you could take them and, and apply them to different suits, and this didn't really have that. Um, you could uh, instead craft the mods or the visor mods or the suit mods, and the one that I found the most useful, and I, I can't remember if it was from doing like the stealth challenges or or what, but it was like if you get spotted by when you're in st- trying to do stealth mode. You instantly go invisible, which gives you like a, an extra chance to not get spotted, basically. Yeah, yeah, I remember so, that one. Yeah, so that was really handy trying to take down as many people as possible undetected. Um, but yeah, as, as for the, the suit mod, I think whatever, like whichever was the first useful one I came across, I just stuck with it. Um, but as far as the suits that I used the most... Probably the the Spider-Verse one, to be honest. Yeah. I, I thought that was awesome. I did switch off the frame rate mod that makes it like 25 frames per second or whatever it is to, to match the movie because it was just like... When I was playing in 60 frames, it was just really jarring to to go from that to, to that. Um, the suit called The End I thought was really cool. I think that's what it was. It, it's basically a jacket hoodie and he's got the Timberland boots on uh, yep. as well. Yep. That was really cool. And then there was the 2020 suit, which was essentially like a Watchdogs thing where it was like the visor yeah. with the digital screen.
1: <laughs> that thing was super slick, the Miles Morales 2020. Outside of that, I was using the classic suit a lot. Like I played with the Into the Spider-Verse a little bit too. But yeah, as you said, it it does play with your eyes a little bit, especially when you're trying to control the characters instead of just watching what plays out. Uh, mm-hmm. But then I was, I was rocking around the winter suit for a bit, which I thought was yeah. adorable. The crimson cowl I used a little bit as well, but the winter suit was cute, especially when you're having these serious stealth moments. You've got like earmuffs and a scarf on. <laughs> like, I thought it was great.
0: Yeah, th- th- there's not really... Like I found in the first game, there was a few that I saw and instantly, instantly I was like, oh, that's kind of crap or I'm never going to use that because mm-hmm. there's so much cooler ones. But I found in this game most of them were were really cool. Like they all had kind of their place where they where they made sense to wear and that kind of thing. Especially, I mean, towards the end, like you get one from the Prowler, like when you do all of all of the um, music collectibles.
1: I did not that- like those side missions, by the way. I did not like <laughs> them at all. That's
0: our next. It's our next topic after after Spider-Suits. But um, yeah, I didn't like that one, that suit, because it was just like the same color scheme as him, essentially. Um, you also had like the underground version of the Spider-Suit. And the the neighborhood one was kind of cool, where you, you finish all the, the side missions and they give you the the green and black and yellow mm-hmm. suit with the Black Lives Matter mural. I thought that one was cool, but... Yeah, there's a lot um I just like the fact that so many of them have hoodies because oh, that yeah. lo- that looks so awesome.
1: Yeah, he's certainly a slicker-looking Spider-Man. Like he's just got this swagger about him in and in and out of the suit. Like he's he's just a cool dude. Yeah, and, apart from um, the
0: one that um, the one that Peter Parker gives you before he nicks off. Oh, the one that looks-, looks
1: like it's like two sizes too big, and like you yeah. got the neck ruffle. <laughs> like-
0: it looks like um, Spider Man's pajamas. Yeah. Is what it looks like, yeah. <laughs> like a like a kid's Halloween costume. It just doesn't doesn't quite fit.
1: I expect it to be almost like the um, the shoes in Back to the Future, where he puts them on and presses the button, and then it like a <laughs> just sucks to his physique. <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah, it was like a size too big for him. But he'll grow into it. Yeah, thanks, Pete. Like. <laughs> Um, but yeah, maybe if we jump on to collectibles and things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I as as I mentioned briefly, I didn't like the prowlers sort of little collectible jaunts where you're running around trying to sync up a sound wave on a recording to somewhere like to an area or a, an item out in the world. Uh, didn't vibe with that at all. I did a few of them, <laughs> and I'm like, no, nah, I'm done. <laughs> Moving on, never again. Uh, you've got time capsules, which. I thought were the most endearing out of all the collectible and little offshoots because you're finding things that you and Finn left around the city. So you're finding random little bits of paraphernalia yeah. and little knickknacks and there's a little story to each one of them. So I thought that was really nice. You've got your, your sort of your, your um, underground tech uh, suitcases you're finding to getting your tech points for upgrades as well. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, anything else uh, that you want to talk about there?
0: There is something else, but before we go to it, I'll mention that those other ones. So I, I liked the the recording, the music ones, because I, I found them endearing, not so much the trying to find where the sound's coming from, but what the uncle was actually talking to you about, like telling you about how him and your dad used to kick around, and this is where we used to hang out, and this is the nightclubs we used to go to, and this is our favorite pizza place. And you kind of get to, get to know miles dad a bit more but also see what their relationship was like before things went sour and i think that's really important to that that character of the uncle who presumably will continue to be part of miles story because he doesn't have a father anymore and he kind of probably needs that father figure so i did enjoy that part i thought it was worth doing from that perspective the postcards i I was kind of annoyed at, at like the kind of places that they would leave them. I was like, "What kid is really gonna be like, you know, flip flying around the city, leaving these um, time capsules?" Did I say time capsules? Or- you said
1: postcards. postcards. Yeah, because about to say, I'm like, I don't remember any postcards, man. Right. You've gone okay.
0: deep. so the, yeah, the, the time capsules is what I meant. I, I thought I felt like they left those in some random places, but the 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 idea of what they actually were was cool, and the yeah. fact that if you go into your menu which I I didn't actually do enough, but Miles will actually talk about Mm -hmm. it once you pick it up. And that adds a lot more to, like similar to to the music ones with the uncle, it adds a lot more to his relationship with Finn. Um, So if you haven't, I don't know why you'd be listening to this, but if you haven't played the game yet, or if if you've still got time capsules left to find, make sure you open up the menu when you find them and hear what he has to say about them. Um, The Postcards (laughs) is a post-game collectible that only unlocks when you finish the campaign okay so that that might be why you missed them but you um that they were my favorite one because your mum gives you a postcard in your house or you find one in your house and it's kind of like a little scavenger hunt with these audio recordings that your father made for you for your 16th birthday that he never got to give to you so it's him similar to the to the music ones, where he's he's sending you around to different points around New York to um, reminisce about, you know, this is the basketball court where we, me and your uncle, took you to learn how to do a jump shot. This is the museum that you dragged me to with Finn, um, and this is, you know, this, like all these kinds of. It's a trip down memory lane with Miles hearing his dad's voice for the first time since he died. So that's a, a really cool thing mm. from like that narrative perspective. And, you know, I, I think what I like about the collectibles in this game is they actually add something. It's not just like, you know, you read Dead Redemption, here's some dinosaur bones, and or, or here's a dream catcher or something. Yeah. Um, as, as much as, you know, some people just love going to random points on the map, I'm not really into that. And th- they make it not too hard to find, like they're all on the map, you know exactly where they are. You don't waste time looking for them, really. So, yeah, that was that was probably my rundown of the collectibles. There's something worth mentioning here because I don't know where else it fits in, but did you find the Stan Lee statue? I did not, no. Right, I so... I did not. Um,
1: I need to, though.
0: Yeah, I only found it because there was a trophy connected to to it. It's called, like, Honouring a, a New York Legend or something, and it's the trophy's called Best Fries in Town because if you remember the the first Spider-Man game when you're in a diner, I think with MJ and Stan Lee like serves you your fast food. And clearly that character in this universe has died and they've made this huge statue outside of, outside of the diner. That's fantastic. It's it's got like a plaque on it and it says, you know, Excelsior and everything. So it's definitely worth tracking that down just for the feels. Mm -hmm. You know, we all, we all miss uh, Stan Lee. And I think the game, was it like It might have been his last appearance. I don't know if he was in... Maybe he was in Into the Spider-Verse as well, I think, as a voice. I can't he remember was in exactly. as a voice,
1: yeah. He was an animated character in that.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if, if there was a Marvel movie since that Spider-Man movie that he was in as well, probably because he filmed a bunch of them before he died. But yeah, it was really cool when he showed up in that game and it was cool to see them kind of pay tribute to him again.
1: And they did similar, like I saw the the stills, I haven't tracked it down yet, but there's a, a Boseman way as well in memory of Chadwick Boseman, the uh, oh, Black really? Panther. So they've got a okay. they've got a street somewhere in in Miles Morales where it's cool. it's honouring him too, which which I think's really great. You know, just and that, little yeah, that things that would have been a
0: pretty a late addition to the game as well.
1: Yeah. Little things that mean an awful lot and very touching and yeah, live on forever in these video games, which is which is awesome. Uh, if we're, if we're going to move into, I guess, a bit of a negative discussion regarding maybe yeah. some gripes and uh, ill will we might have towards the game. Um, one of my minor ones is like when when you're web slinging around and you're, you're flying around as Spider-Man, it's awesome, but it feels like at times when, you, when you're on your feet and you've got to maybe jump up onto a little ledge or you've got to climb a little bit of scaffold to get an mm-hmm. item or do a puzzle it can be a nightmare sometimes to climb some of these things. Like do you, do you hold in one of the triggers? So then you start, you know, spider crawling up the wall. Oh no, you can't do that. Can I jump? Oh no, I can't. I can't do the L2 and R2 <laughs> immediate launch to that spot. Like so there's a few times, not, not often, but it was two or three times in the game where I was just like, come on, like it shouldn't be this hard. Like the rest mm. of the time I'm moving around smooth as butter, dodging and weaving in combat's awesome. Um, general- Getting around day to day is awesome, but just there was a few times where you had to be very precise and finite, especially on one of, like on a couple of the challenges where you are uh, doing the traversal challenge. Some of those I felt were a little bit janky. Maybe I'm mm. just not a good Spider-Man in those types of situations, but I found that was a little bit tough. Did Did you have any issues getting around or any any mobility gripes? Yeah, there was a few
0: times where you, as you were saying you were crawling up a wall and then the wall maybe went out like jutted out like a Eve or something. And you would try and go up and like go from like vertical to horizontal upside down. And it just wouldn't recognize or it wouldn't let you make the transition. So that was an issue sometimes. And you'd have to like jump back and swing basically really high to, to get through. Um, so it's it's not perfect in those instances where it doesn't quite recognize what you're trying to do and i don't really know like from a development way around that because i'm sure there's like so much that already goes into the traversal that um maybe if you're stationary it it maybe it can switch to something that's a bit more intuitive but yeah hopefully by the time the next game comes around they're able to fix some of that but as you said it probably only happened to me three or four times yeah the whole the whole time i was playing
1: yeah, and another one that I've uh, got a little little bit of minor beef is there, there was not enough members of the uh, the Spider-Man Rogues Gallery. Like we got Rhino, we got Rhino yeah. a couple of times. We had yes. <laughs> the Prowler, and then we had a couple of interactions or, or boss battles with the Tinker. And outside of that, there wasn't really any other notable big bads. And I know when we talk, uh, sort of when we start moving into the closing segment of this pod and talk about a sequel, we might. Yeah hypothesized a little bit there, but I thought it was a little bit weak as far as baddies and even boss battles with said baddies.
0: Yeah, I have to agree. I thought there wasn't enough boss fights. Um, they did reuse the vulture in one of the combat um, simulations. Um, it's it's basically just one of the fights from the first game mm-hmm. that's being like recreated in VR. So that's the, I guess... For a little bit of, of variety, but it's not part of the main story. Um, even the Prowler, you don't fight him. Oh, I know. You, you do fight him kind of on foot in that underground subway. Yeah, and he's, and he's cloaking, and you've
1: got to use your spider sense to, to dodge him and yeah. attack.
0: Yeah, you're right. But um, yeah, it wasn't much, and you know, as much as I said before, I'm glad you didn't have to fight Simon Krieger. You know, like he he drinks some kind of potion and it makes him like really like Bane like mm-hmm. like that. That's the kind of thing that would have happened ten years ago in a video game, probably. Um, or is operating some kind of like uh, you know, Big mech doctorate. suit or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm I'm glad they didn't do that, but I've and I I feel like it would have been great to see maybe one more of those characters come back from the first game and they kind of used everyone in Spider-Man 2018 which is unfortunate like they used almost all the the big characters yeah there's a, there's a few that haven't been seen you know um, who's the the hunter Craven? yeah Kraven like, haven't seen him I can't remember if Sandman was in it or not no nah, Sandman don't...
1: wasn't in it yeah but Craven, Craven I I want to see Kraven like I think they're making a Craven movie or at least they're Got something in development to potentially make a Craven movie because he hasn't been imagined on screen outside of the animated cartoons and things like that. And he's an awesome character. So,
0: yeah, I don't know how he would fit into this story, is the thing. But, you know, I guess what I'm saying is it's a deep, you know, bench of of villains. It doesn't have to be like the most well known one. It could be, you know, even in the other Spider-Man, they invented. Mr. Negative, I'm pretty sure, like, that's an original character. Yeah, so, yep. You know, there's no reason they couldn't have could have come up with Simon Krieger's right-hand man being some kind of boss that you have to fight yeah. against. It, it would have just mixed it up a bit more. It could have just been that the, the way that they wrote the story didn't have room for an extra boss fight, but having that instead of a second fight with Rhino would have probably made more sense to me. Yeah. It was kind of like, oh, it's Rhino again, when... I got nothing against Rhino, but we've seen him in the first game. We've seen him at the start of this game and then we see him again. So that could have been done better. And my only other major gripe is probably the overuse of the electrical overload um, gameplay puzzle. Oh, uh, yeah. that like, They went it, to
1: that well many, many times.
0: Yeah, like literally every puzzle you have is, oh, I be- guess I better track the, the source of this cu- electric current and either restore it. Cause it's not working or overload it. So it shuts down electricity, which, you know, you go from the first Spider-Man game that has n- pretty much none of that mechanic. And he never has to worry about electricity to suddenly New York city's discovered power. So <laughs> um, I, I just, I just, I know that they're trying to make it different by Making it play to Miles, you know, unique qualities. It was just a bit overdone, and you know, it, it's it kind of feels like you know, The Last of Us when you've got the crate, like the you're getting the crates out for the last time with Ellie to to get her across the water. It's like the last few times you do it, just like, oh come on, like how yeah. many times am I going to do this?
1: Yeah, it was it was very much the uh, the New York Electrical Company just not doing their their job <laughs> or they're going to have a lot of more work to do because they have to now try and isolate an electrified spider web to connect power to these things back up again. But <laughs> they're the main gripes. And I think overall, like, they're very minor. Like, between us, oh, yeah. we've got three to four, or you could even say two to three because we've had the similar types of ill ill feelings towards a few mm-hmm. things in this game.
0: Do you have any story nitpicks?
1: Uh, not Not really, like... I think what I sort of mentioned earlier, I felt that the game ended very swiftly. Like the last mission just sort of came up out of nowhere. Like the stakes were building, but I felt that it probably could yeah. have built a little bit more to then go to that final final mission, that final battle. I thought it, it came on very suddenly. Um, outside of that, with the story, and then yeah, just just the lack of the lack of um, varied antagonists from a from a boss perspective. Not really. What yeah. about you?
0: I, I felt like I have a bone to pick with ganky, <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of overplayed having the best friend who's like a tech genius, I think, and in the the last game, it was, I think, the police officer that was feeding you all this information, mm-hmm. so it kind of made sense for them to know where everything's happening, um, but, you know, from, from all these games, it's always like on the comms, you know, someone that's the eye in the sky or whatever, and this... Teenage Kid is hacking into, like, these top-secret terrorist organizations and these, like, paramilitary groups, and he's having no trouble developing an app overnight and getting things trending on social media instantly. Uh, he's just, like, a genius. But then he goes from this genius to an idiot because he's on this podcast, the, the rifle to Jonah Jameson's podcast, and he's talking about him and his friend Spider-Man and what they've been up to. And I'm like, Kid, like you got to be a bit smarter about this. Yeah. They're not, it's not going to be that hard to figure out, like, okay, who's this ganky kid going to hang out with? He's probably got two friends in his whole school, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and one of them is this is, is Miles Morales kid who looks a lot like... The same frame as, as Spider Man, so. but people
1: aren't wise to that outside of his uncle. Remember, uh, so you
0: gotta be you gotta be smart, man. You gotta be a little yeah, bit smarter with that.
1: Like like yeah, that part when they did reference that in the game, I was like, what, what 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 are you doing? But then I'm like, yeah, he is a teenager, so he's just boasting to his friends, very unaware, I guess, of the potential weight <laughs> of what he's saying on a podcast that syndicates not only across the town but globally. So. Yeah,
0: yeah there'd be Reddit threads about that for sure. I think. Yeah, people deep diving on his Facebook profile. But the other thing, I felt like they were kind of nothing against Genki, but they were kind of shoving him down his throat because they kept telling, like, he kept telling Finn, like, "It's okay, you've got me." You know, I know you've lost your brother, you've got me, you've got my mum, you've got Genki, and I'm like, she just met him at the Christmas dinner. Yeah. The other the other day for like an hour before you know one of you had to leave. So why are you telling her that he's there for you or whatever? Like that, that didn't quite like hold up in my narrative mind. Like in my, like, is everything foolproof kind of mind? I, th- I think that that was kind of a bit a flimsy. But that, that, like I say, it's very much a nitpick. Also like the mobile phone that she dropped and just left there and no one picked it up. Yeah.
1: No just <laughs> conveniently the bottom of this big tower underground <laughs> yeah. enemy base thing.
0: Yeah. And there's like guards everywhere, but no one's like, Oh, I think someone dropped their phone. I wonder what happened after that huge electrical surge and that guy died. Like maybe we should look at this phone. And how did
1: the how did the phone still have battery? Like that happened, <laughs> I'm assuming weeks, weeks ago. Yeah. And that thing still Well, I guess she is a tech genius, so she's probably made some like lithium 7.0 supercharged thing to, to keep this thing from never running out of battery, but yeah. Just I thought that was very uh, <laughs> convenient. Yeah, very convenient. But um, I, I think the way it ended, oh, I guess how this ended, but also connecting the dots and and sort of weaving this narrative from Spider-Man 2018 to Miles Morales mm. and just building out this this universe. Uh, so in, in the post-credits, we, we go back and see uh, old uh, Dr. Kirk Connor still there working away. Sort of Norman Osborn comes in and you're looking through the eyes of Harry Osborn who's still in this big isolation tank with the symbiote which from my understanding the way they're going and and just the way I've interpreted it this isn't the symbiote that's that's come back from space, this is something they've manufactured in this lab and so I'm assuming that's how Venom's going to become a thing is that it's been built in the Oscorp uh, laboratories and Yeah, Harry's going to become Venom. We might see Green Goblin with Norman and a bit more of Lizard. Like He does get mentioned in in previous games, so you know he has taken that form here or there as far as the run-ins that Peter had with him in 2018 Spider-Man. So I'm excited to see where they go with it. What's your thoughts? Like, Did did that sort of get you a bit excited seeing that continuity and these references back to these characters again?
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I think the way that the, the first Spider-Man game ended was like really setting up a cool sequel, um, which you know I thought was going to have Miles in it. And now that we've played as Miles, it's hard to see them leaving Miles behind in some ways because it's been such, such a great experience getting to play as him and get to know his story and empathize with him and his situation. So I would really like to see them switching between the two Spider-Mans or having that as an option in the next game whether it's you know you you jump between one or the other depending on which part of the story you're in or maybe it's a GTA 5 style you know being able to choose which character you play as at different points that would be really cool maybe they team up maybe it's multiplayer I don't know I think that there's so much they could do with that and uh, seeing Sony studios experiment a bit more with multiplayer through uh, Ghost of Tsushima Legends it's cool to, to think the, what the possibilities could be uh, if they're starting to, to delve a bit more into that. And it, it's just, it, it's hard to see it being a fully multiplayer experience because mm. it's, it's so streamlined and that just wouldn't really make sense with what PlayStation tries to do and with what Insomniac particularly tries to do. But I can definitely see them utilizing them both in some way. Um, I think it was you know, it was cool the way that they wrote Spidey out of this game. Like, you know, he's off in another country, and then at the end <laughs> of the game, he's telling you that, "Oh, thanks for for keeping a watch on things. I've got a few chores to do around the house. I'm redoing the kitchen, or I'm like fixing the the gutters, or, or whatever." Um, so, yeah, we we have to get back to Spidey and Peter Parker eventually, but I just don't think we want to say goodbye to Miles, especially the way that Into the Spider Verse is so huge and there's going to be another presumably miles morales movie that's going to be just as big if not bigger Mm -hmm. eventually i'd like to see them add um more suburbs or sorry more boroughs of manhattan into the game whether it's brooklyn and queens uh or i guess new jersey or something it would would just be cool to to see them add a a different kind of way to play the game with maybe it's, it's less verticality because uh, I think like we've just played two games in Manhattan, and can they really do it again? Is the question like, can you really do a whole game with the exact same map again? Mm. And I don't think that it would be the best idea.
1: Yeah, i th- I think think some fresh locations would be very much in order. And I agree with you that they might muck around with a bit of multiplayer. I don't think it'd be the full core experience, uh, but maybe some parts where you might jump excuse me, from Peter to to Miles. I'm I'm wondering because we haven't seen any of the, the symbiote suits, I'm wondering if in this sequel, Spider-Man 2 or whatever we're gonna call it, because this is kind of I guess Spider-Man 1.5, you could say. Mm, so Spider-Man yeah, 2, maybe you do get the the Venom host off Harriet jumps onto Peter and then he becomes dickish symbiote Spider-Man for a bit, and that's where you maybe control miles and you're sort of almost going against spider-man a little bit and trying to get him back to normal and get this symbiote off him and and get him back to the the peter parker we all know and love so i'm wondering if that might weave in i'd I'd love to see that and that'll be a good way to weave miles in there without just trying to shoehorn him in just because of this game but yeah you do need them both in because you can't just say oh, Miles, Miles had to go to some other country for a science trip this time, you know? <laughs> do you mind looking after Do you mind looking after the region while I'm away, Peter? Yeah, no worries. Okay, see ya. You know, we, we don't need to go back to that well again. Yeah. So work out a way where you can have them in the same story, play as them at different times, and I could see a nice way to get some cool conflict and that would be pretty troubling as the player as well where you are hmm. having to beat up Peter Parker or do harm to him to get this symbiote suit off him and get him back to being a, a more you know pro character again instead of a negative. Yeah, yeah. There's a
0: lot of things that they could do to play with that. Um, I guess spoilers for The Last of Us Part 2 here, like I'm, I'm actually going to spoil it, so fast forward, like mm. press the little fast forward button twice, like 30 seconds will do you. But you play a large chunk of that game as Ellie, and then you play a large chunk of that game as a different character, I'll say, because I guess some people might not have got to the fast forward button in time. <laughs> but you're you're reliving the same time period from a different perspective. So it's it'd be cool kind of if they did that as well, where, you know, you might play as, as Peter Parker and Miles is going to help me on this mission. Here comes Miles. You know, you deal with Rhino while I'm over here dealing with Shocker or whatever. And then it flips and you're replaying the story from miles perspective as it heads towards like a climax Mm. it's it's kind of ripping off the the last of us in some ways but i think that like there's no rules about linearity and what you can and can't do so i think that the creative people at insomniac could definitely find a way to make that work
1: i agree i agree and um one thing that wouldn't surprise me maybe the last question that i want to ask you as well is do you think this is the last we've seen of finn do you think that ultimate sacrifice she's gone or do you think they're going to try and maybe weave in because we don't know what new form can do to a person so Mm. does it give her some type of of power or does she come back as a different character altogether Uh, you know there's so many characters in the marvel universe that they could potentially reimagine her as because the tinkerer in just about every storyline outside of this game itself is usually in elderly very meek gentleman that's just this old dude that tinkers and makes crazy tech and is a bit mm-hmm. of a bad guy but she's this young powerful female badass so it's they're, they're not op- like they're not opposed to gender bending and changing up characters to to fit yeah. the story so i wonder if she's going to come back as some kind of superhuman maybe an inhuman maybe we get that kind <laughs> of weave in
0: yeah i don't know i that's a tough one because I felt like the story ended so well and like Miles having such a strong relationship with her it would be hard to just like bring her back for like one mission or something yeah, cheap because pops. it would be yeah it would be yeah it would be a very like yeah it would be a kind of a cheap trick to play or or maybe it's like Mysterio's pretending to be her or something but there's a lot of trauma for Miles to go, to go through to see his friends still alive and then suddenly she's gone again
1: um, yeah I, I don't want to see yeah. it brought back Like, and I don't mean that in a negative way in any way shape or form I just think it wouldn't make yeah, sense yeah her, her redemption and, and her closing of, of that arc that she had in this game I think was perfect so just yeah mm. leave it at that move forward with, with Venom with Lizard with Green Goblin and no doubt Rhino again because he <laughs> he's just the regular, you know. He is there. He d- he never leaves old Rhino. He's he just pops up. He's there. You can't beat him, or you beat him for a time, and then he comes back with some new armor. Oh, and that's okay, a, give us- another quick gripe that I forgot. Yeah. When they're transporting him at the start of this game, and he's in this big giant contained steel vessel. <laughs> why didn't they take him out of his armor when he's in jail? Like, why is he in jail in his full Rhino outfit? Like, what's going I on here? The same,
0: I was thinking the same thing, but then there was a Roxon mission that I was doing where you can go into one of the laptops and see, like, the plans for his new suit. Yeah, And the Troy Baker character kind of says something like, Rhino wants to get out of the suit, but we're going to make it even better. So that made me think, oh, it must be this suit that he can't take off. Like it's just like stuck to him or he's like, I don't I don't know the character super well, but I'm guessing he's, him and the suit are one
1: or something. In this game, that, like in in a lot yeah. of comics and stuff, it's just a suit he can put on. I know, and I think in one, it might be yeah. part of his person, but yeah. yeah like- I was
0: thinking the same thing, like um, maybe if you have a superhero that has like, you know, that turns on fire, you put him in a big bucket of water. Maybe if Rhino has this suit that makes him destroy things, you take him out of the suit. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. I'm, I, I'm sure they thought of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they found a way. They, they
1: did. And it's it's, it's a minor gripe. But I'm very excited for Spider-Man 2. I reckon it's probably come? two years down the line.
0: Mm. See, they made this game in two years. If they're going to make a bigger game, I think it's going to take a bit longer Although you know they did have the DLC, maybe they've been working. I think they're already on, working on it. Yeah, they're already working on it. Yeah,
1: and if they're back in Manhattan, as you said, like the assets aren't going to change yeah. too much. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I would be satisfied with Manhattan plus Brooklyn or Queens to just add a little bit extra to it. Maybe yeah. Um, go to
1: Washington. Go somewhere else in America. <laughs> just give us something.
0: Yeah, pay, pay um, pay like Ubisoft for the the code, the source code. Oh, for, for London. For, yeah, for London yeah. or for San Francisco from, from Watch Dogs. So.
1: Yeah, something. something. That's but how, I'm sure that's how it works. Yeah, but I, I think 2022-ish, we're going to get Spider-Man 2. Cannot wait. Cannot wait to see Venom realized in this franchise. He's always been one of my favorite characters, so mm-hmm. I hope they don't do him dirty uh, like the most recent films have been doing to him. So. <laughs> Yeah, but Matt, um, anything else you want to say before we maybe close this episode down? I know we talked about this being a quicker one, and then we've we've been waffling here yeah, for an hour and a half.
0: I know, I can't believe we've we've talked for this long. We've it's like a tenth more than a tenth of the length of the game itself. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean we talked in depth about the PS5 itself with uh, the the review, I guess, uh, on the THG feed between the two of us and Ali, so people can go listen to that if they want to hear a bit more of our thoughts about the PlayStation 5 in general. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it.
1: Nice. Yeah, and when you're done uh, consuming that PlayStation 5-centric stuff, the Xbox Series X-focused episode is also out on this exact same RSS feed as well. So all that current-gen info and opinions and early impressions and reviews, it's its all here. It's the place to be. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. this, uh, this brings us to an end of the Spider-Man Miles Morales spoiler cast. Uh, You can find Australia's Jono Peck at Jono himself on dem socials. You can find us all as a collective at We Are 8-Bit. You can find me at Brendan 8-Bit. Be sure to send some love to Manscaped over at manscaped.com. You can uh, get yourself 20% off and free shipping using the code 8-Bit at checkout there. And when you're done checking that out and looking after your family jewels, head on over to audiotechnica.com, audiotechnica.com.au to get the best in audio-based equipment. But until next time, 8-Bit Nation, it's been our pleasure to bring you this spoiler cast. Much love. Be greater, as they say. Nice. (laughs)